I am mining investor and editor of Resource Stock Digest, Gerardo del Real, along with my partner here, Senor Nick Hodge, who's also an investor and the publisher of Daily Profit Cycle. This is the 229th episode of our weekly therapy session that we call Investing in Bizarro World. We're going to talk about the markets. We're going to talk about what we're watching, what we're writing checks for. We're going to talk Trump. We're going to talk UFOs. We're going to talk about Xing, Xing, Xing all day. And Sam Bankman, a lot to get to. It's been a wonky week of news flow on the social commentary side, Nick. It's been a lack of news flow on the company side of things. And we'll get to all of that. But first and foremost, how are you doing today, sir? Um, I'm doing good. Better than uh, Mr. McConnell, apparently, who I saw you also had on the, the list. And um, gosh, it's time to get these older folks out of there isn't it? On, on, on both sides of the aisle. Um, but anyway, I'm sure we'll talk about it. How are you doing, Gerardo? <laughs> Sorry, that was my McConnell. <laughs> I my, on my screen froze. It's funny. I was going to do the same thing. <laughs> Jokes aside, look, uh, I wish the guy the best. I don't care for his politics. I don't care for a lot of his policy, uh, but I wish him the best. Definitely, uh, if it's a serious situation, uh, speedy recovery. Godspeed on that front. But yeah, look, um, <laughs> I'm well. Thank you for asking. First off, let, let's let, let's get right to the, we did this last week, too. We started with the social commentary, but let's get right into that part of it. Um, look, McConnell. Biden, Pelosi, Diane Feinstein forgot oh, man. how we've to, already talked about her. Yeah. Yes, right? Like she forgot how to vote. Like somebody had a reminder that oh, she had to say hey, like to say yes and 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 to get the vote that she was voting on uh passed through. We need term limits, y'all. This one isn't hard, right? There's two things to me that are so obvious that maybe won't ever happen that'll make our democracy better. Term limits and getting the money out of politics. Like, you know, the lobbyists, it just doesn't seem like the most complicated of, of, of policies to adopt. And we talk about fourth turnings here and we talked about, you know, last week about the new book being out. And I really hope that this next generation that's going to lead us into what I'm hoping and what's supposed to be a period of enlightenment here after the next five, six, seven years pass, which is going to be a complete shit show for the next five, six, seven years, according to Neil. Um, I hope that leads us into this 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 time where we just start doing more common sense things like term limits. I mean, it's absolutely embarrassing that these are the people that are legislating and writing law, putting law, you know, on the books for the citizenry. And they 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 can't even do basic things right now, like speak or walk without falling, or remember their names. I mean, I, I, it sounds like I'm being funny. These are all real examples, and these are all recent examples. I'm not cherry-picking the stuff over a two-year time frame. I'm cherry-picking the stuff over the past week and a half, right? So anyway, that's my rant on politics and lobbyists and the money and, and, and government, and man, we need to change, y'all. Well, it's not a rant. I mean, um, they're clearly not cognitively fit to, to be in office. And I'm talking about people from both sides of the aisle, right? And uh, that's precisely what a, what a fourth turning um, is, right? It's based on the, the saculum, and, uh, which is 80-some years old. And so you get four turnings, that's uh, 20, 40, 60, 80, right? Based on 20-year yeah. maturation cycles of the, the human. And so um, after 80, the saculum is over, baby. Uh, 
uh, things have gotten longer, obviously, recently because life expectancies are longer because of, you know, uh, improvements in health and um, hygiene and um, disease prevention and, and, and diet. But, you know, typically someone who's 80 years old would have long been dead, um, certainly not still serving in office. And so it's um, only common sense that um, it's time to now uh, get some new blood in there. And you'll see some of this new blood, uh, again, on both sides of the aisle, are trying to do some uh, things about it. I know we mentioned a couple of weeks ago that um, there was a, a bill being introduced to ban um, Congress from well, Congress people from buying stocks. Well, yeah. um, and that was introduced by some by some bipartisan younger members of Congress. Well, it, it didn't pass. And um, <laughs> surprise. They, Right. Um, exactly right. And and it was the establishment who votes against it on both sides of the aisle, right? Like, um, I just looked at the list of names yesterday. I forget. But like Klobuchar, for example, who was like a, a Democratic candidate for president in the in the last cycle, like voted against it. So um, they love their cash cow, right? And um, will continue to embrace that. I read another report this week that I think was averaging out like the annual return of... Um, <clears throat> Uh, Congress people, and uh, I think it was something like they're seventy-five percent better than the, than the average investors. So, um, are they really <laughs> that good of stock pickers, um, or are they clearly doing what everyone knows they're doing and and using their access to information to, um, you know, place trades and enrich themselves? And they're the same people um, that can barely talk or like place a vote. I'm supposed to believe that they have just magical due diligence skills that set them apart as investors from the rest of us that actually dedicate you know, all of our professional life into gaining an advantage, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's what people are, are fed up with. That's how, you know, populism came to be. That's ultimately how Trump got uh, elected, um, like him or, or, um, not. And it's also why I'm still sort of wondering what's going to happen in, in 2024, right? Like Trump's leading the polls and, it's no just guys about that, to get indicted again. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's so the president's son for 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 that matter, not indicted. But you know, there was news, and I, I don't follow that closely at all. So you know, he's supposed to plead guilty, um, and then at the last minute, he's not going to plead guilty. And oh, look, there's aliens. It's like, um, yeah, all these folks are, are having run-ins with the the laws on um, both sides. And and then, well, that's what I was saying. It's like I can't even fathom getting behind either of the front runners on, on either sides, right, for voting for Joe Biden or voting for Trump. And I don't see viable alternatives either. Like, I understand why RFK is polling more favorably um, than Biden, not polling to win more favorably, but just polling is it more likable than than Biden, right, more, more relatable, because people want an outside candidate, right, even if some of the stuff he says is <laughs> not based in, in in reality, right? Enough of the stuff he says should sort of like Trump is based in reality and resonates enough with the um, a populace that that he's starting to gain traction, uh, even though he is not a, a spring chicken either, right? So um, it's just interesting to me the the selection that we have to to choose from here still going into into twenty twenty four. We talked about money and politics and lobbyists, um, and I have to wonder out loud. Yeah, the, the rumor is now that the Justice Department isn't going to prosecute Sam Bankman Freed. Fried, freed, fried, freed. Freed it is. Um, uh, of course, you know, Bitcoin crypto scammer that was literally just taking money and buying tens of houses for everybody that he knew. Um, 
how can you not file charges against that guy? Because he was giving you money. Exactly. He was a top. He was a top Democratic donor. Yeah. Um, and I haven't read it in, entirely yet, so uh, I might be talking out of school. But um, I, I don't know if it's all charges they were going to not pursue, or if it was certain charges they weren't going to pursue. But I did see that, um, and it makes you wonder. Yeah, he was. Um, and we talked about it at the time, right? Parents who are professors at, Stan at Stanford, right? You know, high up in, in Democratic circles, uh, dem big Democratic fundraiser, for example. And so um, there's a saying uh, in English that you don't bite the hand that feeds. Um, and he was the hand that was feeding the, the, the Democrats, right? As far as campaign finance is concerned. That's coincidentally, that's the charge that's getting dropped. I know. <laughs> the campaign finance. Well, I, I read charge. that much. Yeah. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, y'all. That was my point last week. Whatever side of the political aisle you identify with, if you identify with one of the two major parties, um, they don't care about you. The laws are not for them, the laws are for you. It's rigged. It's the whole thing is absolutely rigged. The best thing you can do is just be kind. Be a better member in your community. Take care of your family. Try to, you know, find some upward mobility. Gain an advantage out here however you can because these people absolutely do not have your best interest at heart, right? It just, they just don't. And so, again, and there's no way that I'm getting out in the street and killing a fellow citizen because he loves Trump or he loves Biden. It's just not going to happen. It's not that serious, folks. Neither one of those people care about me. No doubt. All right, back to markets. Da, 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 da. I like this little starting off with the social commentary. We'll talk about the aliens and the UFOs later because it's 2023 in America, baby, and UFOs and aliens, so not a big deal. Who cares that it was a military guy under oath in front of Congress? I mean... Bodies. He's talking about... Well, now we're going to talk about it. He's talking about let's get bodies. In, let's get into it. Let's, let's get into it. Multiple <laughs> military personnel that have actually witnessed... Um, you know, UFOs gave very detailed uh, testimony to Congress about the absolute existence of UFOs, the fact that the U.S. is in possession of well, at least one of these crafts, and the fact that there was, at the very least, DNA not of human origin, um, that it's extraterrestrial in nature, as far as everything, every technology they have can identify. Uh, that we have all this. The U.S. government has all this. That that part nobody disputed, right? Um, where the how many how many UFOs were they being kept? Um, was it a whole alien body? Was it a partial? Like, that part is a little fuzzier. I haven't dug that deep into it because it's been a busy week. Um, but it people are so busy just trying to figure their life out because things are so complicated right now for most people that that barely <laughs> drew like anything of a reaction from the average person. It's insane to me. Yeah, I mean, there was, the news cycle is obviously so fast um, that it didn't get a lot of coverage. It didn't even trend on on Twitter that long or X, which I know you anymore. want to talk, talk about as well. But yeah, this was a serious individual um, and I just wanted to, to, to get it right. So retired Major David Grush, he's a... Uh, former Air Force intelligence officer, and we've seen the videos of the um, the flying objects. We've seen uh, some of the recordings of what pilots have said in real time. Not in we haven't seen them in real time, but we the, we saw recordings of what pilots were saying when they saw these things while they were flying. 
Yep. Um, and here, here you have this guy saying that, um, yes, the government is in possession of non-human pilots, like the, the bodies that were piloting these, um, other things. And so, um, you know, uh, the universe is, is huge, has been around for billions and billions and billions of years. Um, and, and we're just starting to now, you know, understand distant galaxies and, um, supernova and, and things like that. And so it's, it's certainly not out of the realm of possibility that there's other life out there. Um, and it just, I guess, makes you wonder why now, right? You know, for a long time, it was tinfoil hat. If you, you know, said you got abducted by aliens or solid aliens, sort of like Bigfoot or whatever, but. Uh, over the past couple of years, this has gotten um, pretty serious. And so, you know, I, I'm interested to see what the end game is, right? You know, the, the government is saying where people are coming to visit Area 51. And I guess there's some um, places that are open to the public where um, the people are increasingly trying to to go as a result of some of this testimony. But um, I want to see the bodies, man. Like, you know, I want to know. how was, was Men in Black right? Was it? Are they tiny? Are they big? Are they scaly? Are they, you know, all that sort of stuff. I mean, we want to know. Yeah, I, I, I want to know uh, that also. But aside from that, I, I, I want details on the technology. I want details. Right, on, what are they interested in? Yeah, absolutely. Have we reverse engineered any of this stuff? Are we using any of the stuff, you know, for military applications? Um, I mean, there's so many national security implications with this that, Again, it's amazing to me that people are worried about Hunter Biden and having consensual sex with hookers. <laughs> like that's that's what gets the clicks, right? Um, this stuff over here, eh, you know, not, not that big a deal. But I, I I I think it's interesting. And then I'm just so skeptical of government in general that you know, there's another part of me that just wonders if this isn't going to be one of those false flag setups that the government does from time to time, where they start prepping you with testimony out in the open a little more rumors some more reports and you know then you get a false flag event for whatever reason um that 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 really isn't based on reality it's really based on you know the propaganda machine which has been well at play in this country especially since and after jfk right so um so many so many angles so many sides such an interesting uh, topic to ponder but um, yeah, let's see. Let's see where this one goes. Definitely something I am watching. I'm trying to find you the quote. What did he say? Non-human. He said the U.S. has recovered non-human biologics from alleged crash sites. Yep. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Elon X. Because <laughs> we don't tweet anymore. Now we X. So I don't know if you like share and retweet if that's a triple X. Like, I don't know. I haven't figured out what the new uh, what, what the new protocol for calling this. I've been Xing all day, apparently. Right. Um, but yeah, Elon X tweeted that um, he said, I'm not saying there aren't aliens, but and then just kind of left it at that. Clearly, um, Elon's <laughs> got some classified access because of you know, the NASA contracts, the technologies that he works on and everything else. So um, it was interesting to me that somebody of Elon's intellect and as brilliant as he is, whether you agree with you know his products, uh, policy, his thoughts, how he tweets, whatever. He's a brilliant guy. He's done some brilliant things, right? Um, it's interesting to me that somebody that's that brilliant forgot to supposedly check if X, which is Twitter's new name, was patented or not. 
And it's hilariously ironic to me that as we talked about like Zuckerberg and Musk in the cage, it's Microsoft that owns the patent for X. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. I I, I think it's all a simulation. Mm-hmm. I think I'm making all of this stuff up my entertain myself. Um, maybe the aliens have already been here. I have no idea, Nick. But I did find that hilarious. Hilarious, hilarious that he went off and rebranded completely and never bothered to check if the patent was owned by somebody or not. It's insane to me. Well, yeah, the whole rebrand doesn't make any sense considering that Twitter has spent over a decade, you know, (laughs) building that brand and the recognition and the little blue bird and the button that's on all the websites that you click to to share is the is the little bird and um, all that comes with that. Right. There's a there's an inherent value there. And uh, he obviously paid a lot of money, 44 billion dollars now for something that he is basically entirely changed. And so. Um, you, we'll see if it's a stunt. You just talked about false flag attacks. We'll see if there's, you know, some big pivot to go, you know, back to Twitter, back to the, to the bluebird. Um, and then this was all just deployed to get more media exposure, but yeah, it's been implemented. I mean, and is it, you know, people still call it Twitter, but you go there and there's the, the X on the site (laughs) and, um, yeah, all that other conversation that has come along with that. Do we still call them tweets, et cetera? But it's a head-scratching move for sure because there was so much uh, inertia and, and 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 so much work behind, you know, building that brand that you wonder why he would just throw it out the window, especially um, given that users and advertisers have been, been fleeing. So now you got to sort and maybe that plays into why he's trying to start fresh or something, but it's an interesting move to me and it doesn't quite sit well as a, as a longtime Twitter user. Same. Same. All right, let's get to the markets. And look, folks, frankly, the reason that we've been starting with the social commentary, at least on my end of things, for the past couple of weeks, is because a ton of companies are holding back news. Nick and I were talking about this off air. There's companies that we know started drilling months and months ago. And we know that exploration is not that busy right now um, relative to years past, right? We don't have a raging bull market in the metals market yet. So there's labs available. There's, you know, turnaround times aren't three months right now for most projects. And so there's a lot of companies out there that are just sitting on news. And I get it. Summer doldrums. People are outside. People should be outside. I hope everybody's enjoying their summer. Get outside if you haven't been outside. It's hot, but um, at least here in Texas. But there's simply a lack of news flow for most companies right now. So it kind of does a disservice to everybody for us to start with the markets when the markets, frankly, aren't that exciting exciting if you're writing checks and we'll get into that here in just a little bit if you're actually speculating and nibbling um on a lot of these companies look the tsx volume the venture exchange um i I think it's at an all-time low nick i was looking at a chart earlier that a friend of ours sent and the uh the price performance hasn't been this bad since the last three bottoms in the venture exchange right and so price action and volume and liquidity are are near or at historic lows if that's not an absolute bottom for you folks, I don't know how to be any clearer. We'll pound our chest a little bit. The fact that we've been able to deliver triple and quadruple digit winners um, in this environment really, really, really excites me for the environment that's setting up, right? And so I'm looking forward to that. But as it stands right now, we got gold, uh, got some pressure. Jerome spoke earlier this week. He raised uh, 25 basis points. He changed a little language around. Frankly, there wasn't a lot said that was surprising to me. I'd love to get your take on that in just a second, but just an overall summary of the markets. Gold's back to 1945. Silver's back trading like an industrial metal down to 2410. 
Um, copper looks strong, got whacked a little bit the last couple of days, but it's been flirting with 390. It sits at 385 a pound right now. And then we have oil. Oil's actually been outperforming. It's uh, it's about to kiss that $80 level, right? And so that's looking like a decent setup. Dollar index, back to the 102 level, just underneath that right now. So it's more of the same right now in the metals market, in the treasury market, um, and more of the same with Jerome as far as what he's saying and what he's doing. Anything that stood out to you this past week, Nick, that made you really perk up or made you pay extra attention? No, I, the, the, the quarter point raise was entirely priced in. It was, um, as we've been talking about and, and writing in our letters, uh, you know, well over a 90% chance that that was going to come. What's interesting to me is um, that there's probably going to be an, a rising probability that they, that they hike again in September. So it, it's only a, a 20% chance right now. Um, and, uh, I think people were thinking that, you know, inflation was coming down. We got that CPI report a couple of weeks ago that surprised to the downside. It was only 3% instead of 3.1%. And so I think a lot of market participants are thinking that, um, the Fed has accomplished its goals. Inflation is coming down. They did engineer a soft landing. Um, there's not going to be any more rate hikes and, uh, we have a Goldilocks market, stocks can continue to go up. But um, I see it a little bit differently. I mean, 3% inflation is still 50% above their target. Um, and given the price action that you just mentioned, specifically with oil, we were talking about last week how commodities were starting to catch a new bid. Oil is at $80 for the first time since April. Um commodities have been outperforming the market for the past couple of weeks with with prices rising yep. it indicates to me that this economy wants to reinflate right yes um that you know maybe it's not going to be three percent on the on the next cpi print and then the fed is going to have more work to do so and the way i saw last week's by the time you see this last week's fed comments were they're they're data dependent still right they're waiting to see um, what the economic data is that's going to come in. Um, uh, what else? Um, we also got GDP last week, which yeah. um, it was higher than, than I thought it was going to be. It came in uh, over 2%. And then uh, stocks sold off on that. Um, it, and I think that's a function of, you know, there's different components of the GDP, right? The consumption. Um, government spending, et, et cetera. This one seemed to be boosted more by government deficit spending than by, you know, actual investment and consumption in the economy. And um, seemingly the market took it as, as, a, as a negative, right? Um, yep. Gold sold off, commodities sold off, the stock market sold off. And so um, it's just uh, an interesting time in the markets. Uh, the bond yields started to go back up, specifically on the, on the two-year, indicating that you know there could potentially be more um, hikes ahead. Uh, and then I will say this: um, you know, I believe this is giving you a gift in the gold space, right? If yes. you had a sell-off in 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 gold, and we've been talking about buying the gold dips. Well, here's a perfectly engineered uh, gold dip to buy. Um, uh, because gold uh, does remain bullish. And so that was a bit of a, a, a wandering, I guess, response. But um, 
that's how I saw it because it wasn't a big surprise. Um, and, um, the GDP was more of a surprise to me than a quarter point hike. What about you? The part that was most interesting to me about Powell's statement was the part where he said that the board considered a future scenario where they could continue with QT, quantitative tightening, right? And simultaneously cut rates. That yeah. was interesting to me. Um, I think he's starting to believe um, his, his, his own story that he's achieved a soft landing. I think he's starting to believe that there's a path forward now to actually, maybe not the next meeting, but the meeting after that, hold rates, maybe even cut them um, while simultaneously cutting back on QT. I've never seen a scenario where that works when mortgage rates are at seven, 8%. Um, and, and we're talking residential, we're not talking commercial. Um, I've never seen a scenario where that works, where I think we're in a recession, we're entering a recession, in a recession, definitely we're in an economic slowdown. Um, so I, I continue to insist that in the broader indices and in and, and the overall economy, something has to give, something has to break. Because in, in again, not just in the 15, 16 years that I've been in the markets, but in reading history and reading about, you know, the collapse in 87 and reading about um, the, the, the tech bubble uh, in the late 90s, early 2000s, and just going back throughout history, I've just never seen this kind of setup before. And so knowing how good the Fed is at breaking things, I am not willing to give the Fed the credibility that this is the one time they're going to be able to navigate what I view as a very, very complicated um, landing, if you want to use your metaphor, right? We 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 have it. We've had an inverted yield curve for like a year. A year over here. Yep. Over that's never happened. Zero times in the history of the world has this happened, right? And so I, I just I think about things like that, and they don't compute in my brain. And maybe it's because I don't dabble in the overall markets much, um, but but I certainly pay attention to the macroeconomic factors because that obviously has implications and consequences for the resource space, which is my, my bread and butter. But I'm I'm watching I'm watching I'm waiting to see uh, you know if it, if it's the junk bond market if it's the commercial real estate market that implodes first but something has to give I just I I I refuse to believe that they're going to be able to do all of the things simultaneously that they're saying they're going to do but I'm starting to believe that they are starting to believe that they are going to be able to pull this off He had Same a little swagger to him when he came out in that meeting he's like I told y'all Got this. Same way, same way they believed inflation was transitory, right? Yeah, the inflation they caused, that, and that's what I mean, right? This is the same group, folks. This isn't like a a brand new group of brilliant minds that all of a sudden were brought in, right? It's the same couple of hundred economists that got us into this mess in the first place that caused all of this, that are causing almost like a trillion dollars in annual um, interest payments on our debt. A trillion. We're at like nine hundred and forty billion, I think, is the last number that I saw. That's just not sustainable. And then you mean to tell me that rates are going to stay here um, and that you're going to tighten over here, but you're going to increase them a couple of more times and that the market's not going to call your bluff and and and, and make you change course. I, I, I just don't believe that. We'll see. We'll see. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely watching it. Um, but I tell you what I do like. I am absolutely back to my rant about resource space. Absolutely love historic lows in share prices and volume. Um one because we've been able to pick some winners and, and and now we can we can allocate some profits from some of those winners as those profits mature a little bit more and write checks and buy companies at absolute historic 
bottoms. And that is how you maximize money in a bull market. That's how you maximize profits and make more money in a bull market. You do it by buying at these lows. I'm on Twitter or X or whatever the heck I'm on now. And the uranium bugs have had it, Nick. That, I mean, oh, there's, I that, the uranium bugs are over this. They, I, there's a couple of people I follow that I followed for a while, knowledgeable people um, that are saying, this is too stressful. I've been doing this for seven years. My wife they're laughs at me. They're over, they're over allocated. Oh, they're very over allocated. And, and again, I don't wish anybody that because that, that that's not fun. I wish everybody profits and gains, right? But clearly, clearly they missed some of the other trends that have been favorable and profitable for us. And clearly they are fed up and throwing in, throwing in the towel. And a part of me hurts because that's exactly when bottoms happen. You and I have seen this multiple times, right? When do we know we're probably catching a bottom in a stock or in a commodity? When subscribers are writing us in asking us, what the hell are you doing, right? When I get like 10 Patriot inquiries in a day, um, I know the bottom is likely in for the stock because people that don't usually write in or friends that wouldn't usually call will call me to tell me not about the however many millions they've made, about the million they're down in the past week and a half. <laughs> and so then I have to pull out a one and a half year chart for them and show them that it looks like this. And then I say, go back to what you were doing. Take your ball and go play with it. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay, right? Um, I think we're there in the resource space. I think we're there in the uranium space. I think we're there in the gold space. We talked off air about a private company that we wrote a check for um, that's got some really attractive copper and gold assets. And it's been wanting to go public, according to what they told us. We wrote that check almost two years ago, I think. They've been wanting to go public for the last six months. And every month, it's the next month, the next month. And then today I get an update. And this group tells me that's probably going to be next year. And so that type of desperation, when I asked why, the response was, we just don't have the kind of market to go public at this time. There's no appetite for our story. And it's a quality story. Um, when I hear things like that, it makes me want to get my checkbook out and to trim a little from some of the big, big gains that I've had. Because a little bit from those gains adds up to being able to buy a lot of shares over here when you're buying stuff at three cents and five cents and 10 cents and 15 cents. Um, that's how you end up with, you know, a million, two million, three million share position at minimal cost. And that's how if you get one of those to work out, you're you're taken care of. You're set. You only need one or two of those to work out when you have two million shares of something or a million shares of something. Right. So okay. it's interesting times. The setup to me is beautiful. Um, I'm really excited for the second half of this year, as I keep saying to everyone, and it's just going to require a little bit more patience, y'all. Yeah, well, um, I've been saying for a while you can use this uh, summer slowdown or ready slowdown that you know gets uh, protracted to to build positions, and hey, you're getting that opportunity. I just talked about the gold pullback, and and you mentioned the um, the slowdown in news flow. Well, there's some companies that I know news flow is coming, right? Like we talked about Bravo, um, last week and, and, um, we, we know that Sky Harbor has been drilling at Russell Lake since January. And I was just going down my list of Hodge family office stocks. And I was like, well, I know this whole, this company's got holes that are, that are complete that are in the lab. And I'm pretty sure these are going to be good holes. So why wouldn't you take this slowdown in volume and this delay in the, um, release of, of news to enter positions if you're not already positioned or to, um, you know, add to quality positions that you've, you've, you've known and followed for a while and you're pretty in tune with the story and you know that these 
news results that are going to finally be released as we get into August and, and closer to the September uh, kickoff of conference season, you know, why wouldn't you be using this time to to, to add to those uh, quality positions? And that's what my weekly letter was about was about this week. And so, um, yeah, exactly what you said. And with that, let's get to our weekly Patriot update, which, folks, it's going to be the same thing as last week. Let's just get it over with. Uh, by the time that you read this or the time that you watch this or hear this, however you take it in, I suspect you would have already had uh, the maiden resource estimate. I suspect it's going to be north of 100 million tons at roughly 1.4%. Um, and I suspect that's not the only news that we're going to get soon, everyone. I think that's going to absolutely open the floodgates to chemical companies, major mining companies, funds and institutions that are now going to be able to go to their board of directors and say, people said it was going to be 60 million tons, 70 million tons. Short reports were wrong. Um, it's at least 100 million tons. That's just on one cluster. The fire ban has been lifted. They're drilling over the weekend. They'll be drilling by the time that you all watch this. It's not just um, resource expansion drilling, folks. It's some discovery drilling. It's going to be an aggressive program. They're building the camp. They're building the road that's going to allow for year-round drilling. And there's 55, 60 million in the till with a bunch of 75-cent warrants bringing in more money between now and year-end. It's going to be a beautiful second half of the year for us Patriot shareholders. And I think I said last week, the retail side of things got the stock to where it got it. Now I think it's going to be the funds and the institutions that are going to break out in a bidding war to start positioning and, and getting a seat at the table. Those are deep pockets, folks, and that's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, look out. I think it's going to get real busy real quick. I know it's been a boring couple of months in the stock. The shorts have made it you know, not as fun. Um, it never broke to the 20 level that I, I, I that should definitely be at by now. In the end, it's not going to matter if we get a triple digit resource at anything close to that 1.4% cutoff that I named. So exciting times. I, I couldn't be happier as a shareholder, still hold, you know, the the, the close to 90% of my original position and holding steadfast. Like I told you off air, I trim a thousand shares here and a thousand shares there every now and then when a tax bill or a tuition bill comes due. And that's really about it. Yeah, I continue to be a, a happy Patriot shareholder. What are we watching here the next coming week, Nick? What are you watching? I'm, I'm still waiting, obviously, for, for, for Patriot news, but I'm also still waiting for Bravo news, hence the reason Same. we started with the social commentary, right? Not much has changed since last week, folks, other than it's another week, and we're just kind of waiting and seeing closer to it. Yeah, I'd give you the same answer. I'm really looking forward to, to Bravo news, both the additional holes and the electromagnetic survey. Um, that's the the main thing. There's a couple of other smaller companies on that um, – smaller companies that I'm involved in that should be drilling uh, this quarter that I haven't seen announcements from. So I'm looking forward to the the increased news flow in the, in the next couple of weeks, maybe not in the, in the next week per se, but certainly in the month of August. Well, I'm supposed to remind everybody to go to dailyprofitcycle.com forward slash subscribe to leave comments <laughs> to uh, never miss out on the updates, get stuff straight to your inbox. It's been an interesting week in the world, everyone. I, su I suspect it's going to continue to be interesting. Uh, I say it every week, be kind to each other out there, y'all. Try to, try to lift each other up instead of tear each other down. It's easier to do it. It's a funner way to live. Give us some words of wisdom on the way out, Mr. Hodge. I do, I'm McConnell. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.
This was episode 229 of Investing in Bizarro World. Be safe out there, folks. Hey there, you independent-minded investor. If you like this video, make sure to tell us so by clicking the like button below. Subscribe to our channel so you never miss another one. And share it with everyone you know on social media. You can also click the link in the description below to check out more information-packed videos just like this one. Thanks for watching.